On the cutting edge of the Messianic movement, Solace Radio will rock your faith and bring the Bible alive. Find your Savior. Find Yeshua HaMashiach and explore the whole Bible and discover treasures there. Solace Radio. And um, and so I really believe the Lord gave me a, a word for the, uh, from the Lord for our congregation for this coming year. And not only for our congregation, but for the body of Messiah. Because God is speaking a message of urgency and the need to for patient endurance in the midst of adversity. And we need to be patient and endure in the midst of all the things that are happening. The past year, two years have been very challenging. You know, as we look back over the past year, it's been a difficult year for our congregation. Many of our people have been sick, been battling in sickness. Um, in 2021 and 22, our congregation have witnessed four of our members enter into glory. You know, David... You know, delivering Price, Brian Smith, Donna Haworth, and Leo Curran. And then just recently, the number has grown to five. Um, on December the 27th, just 10 days ago, Ed Fadina, who is not a member of our congregation, most of you probably don't know Ed Fadina in Maryland, but uh, they attended our congregation a number of years ago quite faithfully, and then they, they recently come back. So maybe some of you, when I mention Ed Fadina, who's Ed Fadina? Um, but in any case, um, he went to bed on Boxing Day night, and he never woke up. I mean, how sweet is that? I mean, to go to bed and then wake up in heaven and realize it's not a dream. <laughs> it's for real. And that's how I would love to go, you know, if something happened. I'd love to, to go in my sleep. But pray for Marilyn and her family as they, you know, continue to go through this time of, of mourning. Everyone deals with their mourning differently. But uh, Kay, she's not here today, but she asked us if we could just, you know, make that announcement in our congregation. But, you know, over the past two and a half years, the world has, was, with, was um, hit with this global pandemic that killed millions of people. And the world has changed as we know it. Things just aren't quite the same anymore. And we've been trying to rebuild our congregation after this pandemic. You know, many have returned and some haven't. But yet we've seen a lot of new faces come into Beshekina. And that's, that's exciting to see, you know, many new faces coming in. And so we're looking forward to 2023 with anticipation and expectation of what Adonai has planned for us in the coming year. You know, as believers... We live with the hope and the assurance and the knowledge that our future is secure. Our future is secure. Even though we don't know what lies ahead. We don't know what's coming this coming year. But we have, we have a hope that is an anchor for our soul. A hope that is sure and steadfast. In regards to what we are witnessing in the world today, you know, all the chaos, you know, the natural disasters, the confusion, the turmoil... The wars, the rumors of war, God is in control. And we have heard these words over and over again. God is in control. Repeatedly. But by faith we believe it's true. Amen? I'm reminded of Psalms 125, 1 and 2. It says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains are around Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. And that's an encouraging word. That those who trust in the Lord 
are like, are like Mount Zion that cannot be shaken, but endures forever. And so there's no reason for us to fear what will happen in the coming year or the years, that because, the years ahead because the Lord surrounds His people both now and forevermore. And we can have that confidence because that's what God's Word says. And if we believe what God's Word says, then it's true. And Yeshua warned us you know, that we're in the midst of, of birth pangs. And um, prophetically, we're in the midst of birth pangs. Yeshua warned us that they would happen at the end of the age we're witnessing them. And I'm sure that they will continue. In the coming year, they will continue and they'll become more intense because once those birth pangs begin, they don't stop. They just continue and continue until they become more intense and then the birth, is, birth takes place. And so I believe that, that, that uh, this year will continue to be a challenging year. I mean, of course, Jerusalem will be, continue to be a hot spot. It was a hot spot this past week when one of the new leaders of the Israeli government went up on the Temple Mount and visited on the Temple Mount for just less than 15 minutes, and it caused a worldwide uproar. Imagine going up to, up to the Temple Mount, walking around the Temple Mount, and it, call, it actually caused the UN Security Council to call an emergency meeting because an Israeli leader walked up on the Temple Mount. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, amazing. And they're not concerned about what's happening in Iran or all these other hot spots. The UN is, is just totally against Israel. And so Jerusalem will continue to be a hot topic in the coming year. And I really believe that Zechariah 12:23 is drawing closer and closer to fulfillment. We've heard that scripture many times, that I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup of trembling to all the surrounding nations. Now on that day, when all the nations of the earth are gathered together against her, I'll make Jerusalem an immovable rock for all the nations. And all who try to move her will injure themselves. Because he who touches Israel touches the apple of my eyes. So we know that as we draw closer to the end days, you know, we need to keep our eyes on what's happening in Israel, what's happening in Jerusalem, because that's where it will all end. But, you know, there are, John 16.33, because our faith will continue to be tested, and we'll continue to witness prophetic events unfold, and John 16.33 is really a key word, I believe, for this hour and for us as a congregation. And so we take note of John 16.33, and before Yeshua's priestly prayer, and before he was crucified, he gave a warning but an encouraging word to his disciples. And this first part he was talking about himself, I have time is coming when you will be scattered, each his own home, and you will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I mean, those are comforting words, that we're never alone, because our Father is always with us. He promises he will never leave us or forsake us. And he said, I've told you all this so that you may have peace. But then this is the part here that I really want to emphasize. In this world, you'll have many trials and sorrows. You'll have tribulation. But take courage. Take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Yeshua said, in this world, you cannot escape the trials. The suffering and the tribulation that is coming. 
But be encouraged because I have overcome the world. 2,000 years ago, Yeshua died and was crucified. And when he rose again from the dead, he defeated the God of this world. And we will overcome as he overcame because greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. And in the book of Revelation, Yeshua gave these same words of encouragement to all seven congregations. And let me read a few of those words of encouragement that he gave. He said, to him, over, to him who overcomes, I'll give you the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To him who overcomes, does, not, does my will to the end, does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. And he who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Yeshua said, nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. Nothing. And we're called to be overcomers. And we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. That's what God's word says. Now we know James 1, 12 says, Blessed is the one who, who man who perseveres under trial... Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. James 1.12 So I believe the word for this year and the year that ahead, the Lord wants to impress upon our hearts is the word patient endurance. Patient endurance. This is the one area that most of us have a difficult time with. I know that's one of my weaknesses is patience. Shan can tell you. But you know, we live in a very impatient world. Everyone is in a hurry. We, you know, busy, busy, rush, 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 to and fro. We want things done now. We want our answers to prayer now. Many of us have lost the ability to be still and quiet and know that He is God. We've lost that ability to be still and quiet in God's presence and to hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking to us. Our mind is so preoccupied with so many things. There's time that we just need to be still and quiet and let the Spirit of God speak to us. Psalm 37, verse 7 and 10 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry or fret about people who prosper and succeed in their ways. Or carry out those who carry out wicked schemes. Because in a little while, the wicked will be no more, but the weak will inherit the earth and enjoy great peace. So we see people that seem to prosper in their way, and we sometimes wonder why does the evil why do those who are evil prosper? Well they have their time. In this life. But one day they will give an account for everything they've done in this life. And they will be no more. But the weak and the humble, we will inherit the earth. And that's our promise. You know, there are nine fruits of the Spirit we are called to walk in. Love, joy, peace, patience. Patience is the fourth one on the list. And then kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The one fruit of the Spirit that I believe we need to pray for this year is patience. 
Because I believe in these last days, patience and endurance and listening to the Holy Spirit will be key in preparing us and protecting us for what is coming. So another word for patience is long-suffering. God is a long-suffering God. It's not His will for anyone to perish, but for all to come to knowledge of the truth. God is very patient and long-suffering, but even God has a point where He must act. And He will judge the world according to justice and righteousness. And the scriptures say, For you have a need of endurance, that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what was promised. So we need to be patient, we need to be long-suffering, we need to endure with faithfulness in the midst of difficulties and trials and testings that will come. They are in- inevitable. We cannot escape trials and testing. Many of us experienced trials and testing in our own lives this past year. It's, but it's all in preparation to prepare us to become the bride of Messiah. It's all a preparation. And Yeshua said in, in Revelation 3.10, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you, I will protect you, for the great time of trouble and testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I'm coming soon, so hold on. Don't give up. We can weather the storms that are coming, if we patiently endure and faithfully trust God and keep our eyes fixed on Him. And yet, sadly, we know that there will be many who will fall away, who will walk away from their faith. You know, many believers will say, well, I will never, that will never happen to me. I will never walk away from my faith. I will never deny Yeshua. Well, you know, look at Peter, the Apostle Peter. He said, I will never deny you, Master. And yet he denied Yeshua three times in one night. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, If you think you are standing strong, take heed lest you fall. Yeshua said that even the very elect can be deceived. And many will be. And so it's in the moment of intense trial and testing that will determine what we're made of. There will be many who believe they are true believers, but they walk away from their faith. And one of the signs of the last days, it does tell us in Second Thessalonians 2, there will, be, there will be a great falling away of the faith. And many will not be able to endure the trials and the suffering that is coming. That's why Paul said to test yourselves, to make sure that, you're, that the things you believe are true. If we really believe God's word is true, then we can stand against all the attacks the enemy brings against us. You know, we will all stumble and fall. We all do. But the key is to get back up and keep walking and working out your faith. Don't give up no matter matter how difficult things may be and what life may throw at you. You know, many of us have experienced many major Battles in this past year. Four of our people have, five of our people have passed away this past year. And uh, that was a battle. So we need to press on and have a clear vision of what God's purpose is in our lives. And this will help us to stay focused. You know, in last week's Bible study, not this past week, but a week before, we listened to Benjamin Netanyahu being interviewed by Jordan Peterson, 
a well-known leader in the community who takes a stand on issues, and he's come under a lot of criticism as of late. The topic was, was, does Israel have a right to exist? Imagine after 75 years, that question is still being asked. Does Israel have a right to exist? Does Israel have a right to have Jerusalem as their capital? Does Israel have a right to even go up on the Temple Mount and to pray? After 75 years, they still do not have that freedom to go up on the Temple Mount and pray. But it was an excellent interview. And Bibi said that one reason why he has been so successful as Prime Minister of Israel for the third time is because he has vision and purpose in his life. And that's what drives him. That's what motivates him. He knows he has purpose, he has vision. He, you know, if you, I'm reading through his book, uh, Bibi, it's just quite an amazing book. And the guy's quite brilliant, you know, in, his, in understanding history and just how, you know, he's been used by God and, um, throughout his life. But those who are most successful in life are those who, whose lives are driven with purpose, meaning, and a clear vision. And God does not want us to go to live our lives without purpose and direction and unsure of what he has called us to do. You know, he doesn't give us all the details of what is coming. But we have a road map that will lead us safely to our destination. And that road map is the Word of God. That's our road map. We have the Holy Spirit to teach us and instruct us and lead us into all truth. We have the Word of God you know, it so says the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. We need to pray at all times in the Spirit. So we have the Word of God and we have prayer as the two weapons of our warfare to come against the works of the enemy. You know, as a young person, I, I struggle with, as a young person, I struggle with my identity. I lived a life, as a young person, I lived a life without purpose and meaning in my life. I had no clue of why I was here, where I was going, and what my life would become. And what would happen if I died? So I was really quite fearful of the future. And living a life without purpose and direction is what led me to the Lord. That's what led me to the Lord, because you should have said, I am the way, follow me. I am the way, follow me. And when I was in high school and business college, I went to Nate and, and took business. I discovered that God had given me a talent for running and wrestling. I've shared this before. I was a sprinter and a wrestler. And I competed in local and provincial, national and international championships. And so I knew what it was like to be disciplined and exercise self-control. I was totally focused and I was committed to winning. And I was successful in several competitions. But when I became a believer, I entered into a different race. And I began to run and wrestle for Adonai. And everything took on a whole new meaning in my life. And whenever I read 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, I'm always reminded of my running experience when I was a young person. And she was speaking here of something far more important. He says in 1 Timothy 4, verse 3, For physical training is of some value, so he's saying, you know, keeping yourself in shape has value. And to this very day, Jan and I still, still keep ourselves in shape. We, we exercise weekly, daily. So physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things. 
holding promise for both, for both the present life and life to come. Godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and life to come. And then he goes on in 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, and he says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win, because we can all be winners. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the race. As believers, when we begin this race of life, we're all running to finish the race. This is our goal in life, to finish. You know, for an athlete to be successful, he must be disciplined and exercise self-control in all things. As believers, we are to run our race with discipline, with patience, and self-control, aiming for the prize, focusing on that finish line, with purpose and direction, so we'll not just be beating the air. As we run this race, we need to be careful how we run. How many believers have stumbled and have been disqualified from serving in ministry because of disobedience and because of many have become entangled in immoral sin and ruined their reputation and their testimony because they allowed themselves to become entangled in sin and it really destroyed their ministry and their marriages. Proverbs 7 tells us, Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways, to immoral ways. Do not stray into her paths, for she has cast out many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Strong men and women in the faith have fallen, and they've been disqualified because they allowed themselves to be tempted and entangled in sin, and it ruined their ministry and ruined their families. We hear story after story of that happening. Hebrews 12.1 says, There is a great cloud of witnesses who have endured in the midst of suffering. As we read, as we read chapter 11, we read about the heroes of the faith and how they all endured. There's a great cloud of witnesses in heaven who have endured in the midst of suffering. I know there are, some will say they're cheering us on, but I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it would be nice to know that there are a lot of people. We know that Yeshua is cheering us on. We know that for sure. But they faced whatever came against them, and they all finished the race. And they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what was promised. They only saw and welcomed it from a distance, and they admitted that they were strangers on this earth. This is not our final destination. When we die, that's not our final destination. There's a whole eternal life that awaits us. So they're looking and holding on to a promise that was much greater than anything in this life. So the key is to finish the race and not give up. Don't let the things of this life entangle you. You know, so let me read Hebrews 1, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. It says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every encumbrance 
and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Yeshua, the author and the perfecter of our faith. But then it goes on. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest he become weary and discouraged. See, the key to finishing the race is to keep your eyes fixed on Yeshua. He is waiting waiting for us at the finish line. He's cheering us on. He's saying, don't give up. Persevere. You know, the Apostle Paul, as he was coming to the end of his life, and Paul experienced more persecution and suffering than any other apostle. Because God said, you know, I will show him how much he will suffer for my name's sake. And as he was coming to the end of his life, he was reflected on his life, and Paul was faithful to his calling. He never gave up. And this is what his testimony of his life was in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who love his appearing. We love his, we're looking forward to his coming. That's our hope. So I pray that this will be our testimony for each one of us, that you live your life to the fullest with meaning and purpose, and that you'll persevere, and you'll finish the race and not give up. So you'll be able to say at the end of your life that I have fought the good fight, I finished the race, I have kept the faith. Praise God I made it. Amen? Praise God I made it. I made it to the finish line. And we'll hear the words of our master say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of my kingdom. Now, I know that's my goal in life, to hear Adonai say these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I will entrust you with many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Yeshua is the author and he's the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Yeshua is our model, he is our example. We also have a cross to bear. Yeshua himself said that. Whoever wishes to come after me, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. There will be times when we will also have to endure rejection, face rejection. We'll be despised. We'll be persecuted for our faith. Many will try to shame us and ridicule us. We're living in that age right now where many believers are being persecuted, we're being ridiculed, we're being rejected. But if we endure our cross and not deny our faith, Yeshua said, to him overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He was ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And this is what he said to every congregation. He gave a word of warning, he gave a word of encouragement, but he ended everyone 
with these words. He has ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And that's what we need to hear today. We need to hear what is the Spirit saying to us in this hour and in this day. Yeshua said the greatest commandment in the Scriptures is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. This is the first and the greatest of all the commandments. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then Yeshua said, He who honors the Father honors the Son. And he who honors the Son honors the Father who sent him. And we cannot honor the Father without honoring the Son. That's what Yeshua said. And we cannot honor the Son without honoring the Father who sent him because they are one. I and the Father are one. Yeshua himself said that. And Yeshua said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. So if you want to know the Father, then you need to know the Son. Now I shared a couple of weeks ago about the deity and the divine nature of the Messiah and how we were created in the image of God. This means that we have a God-like image. We've been created with many of the attributes that God has. And God's purpose is to form and shape us so that we can manifest those attributes in our life. You know, love and truth and justice and righteousness and all the things that God that characterizes God. Because it's no longer we who live, but Messiah who lives in us. And life which we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and he gave himself for us. God's purpose for us in this life is to conform us into his image and his likeness. And this is Paul's whole ministry. That's what he strived for. Paul said in Galatians 4.19, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Messiah is formed in you. Until Messiah is formed in you. And then, in Colossians 1.28 and 29, he says, We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone in all wisdom, so that we may present every person mature and complete in the Messiah. To this end I labor, striving with all his strength, which is powerfully at work in me. So that was whole, Paul's entire purpose of his ministry, is to strive to con- conform his people to the image of his son. And that's why Paul could say in Romans 8, that I consider all the suffering of this present life as not worth being compared to the glory that will one day be revealed to us. And we know And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Everything in this life, as I said last week, nothing goes to waste in our life. All the good, the bad, the ugly, God uses it all to form and shape us. And it says, those who are called according to his purpose. What is that purpose? Paul goes on to describe what that purpose is. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image and likeness of his Son. That was God's purpose before the foundation of the world, that we would be conformed more and more into the image and likeness of his Son. So God has used all the circumstances in our life to conform and shape us into his image. So that one day, we will stand before Adonai as a glorious bride with a spot of blemish. But there's lots of preparation that is needed before we get to that place. And all the trials and stuff, we saw that way we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised at the fire ordeal was coming about us as though some strange thing were happening to us. 
But to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Messiah, keep on rejoicing. That at the revelation of, you, of, uh, of his glory, you may also rejoice and be overjoyed. So we should not be surprised. Because the trials and sufferings that we go through in this life, you know, no matter how small they may be, God is using it all to work together for our good. And the most important purpose in life is to know God, to stay in relationship with Him, to spend time in His Word every day, pray and seek His Word every day, so we can ask Him to conform us more and more into the image of His Son, because in Him are hidden all the riches of wisdom and knowledge. Everything that we need in this life is found in the Messiah. And that's why it's so important that we seek his face daily. Paul said, you know, we're all going through a time, a process of transformation. It tells us in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. Wherever the spirit is, there's freedom. But we all with unveiled, unveiled face, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed the same image, image and likeness. From glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. We're all going through a process of transformation. Everything in this life is working together to conform us more and more into His image and His likeness. So let's be encouraged. It's time for us to be encouraged as we begin this new year. When we come against, you know, that we, we would really learn how to be patiently endure. And not give up. Because one day we'll all reach the finish line. We'll all reach the finish line. Some people reach the finish line sooner than others. But if we don't give up, we'll all finish. And we'll all reach the finish line. And it will all be worth it. The pains of this life will one day come to an end. And they will enter into God's presence. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I will trust you to many things. Enter into the joy of, your, of the kingdom. So the word for this coming year is to keep your eyes fixed on Yeshua. Patiently endure when you're going through some difficult times. And I know many of us are going through difficult times even right now. But regardless of what lies ahead, he's the author of our faith. He's the finisher of our faith. And he will finish what he starts, what he started. Because it says, and I want to end with this word, Philippians 1.6, we can be confident of this, that he who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Yeshua, our Messiah, returns. By the time the Messiah returns, we will be that bride without spot or blemish. And God will complete the work that he began in our life. And we can make things a lot easier on ourselves if we're just willing to be obedient. And we're willing to spend time in His presence and seek His face. Amen? We can avoid, we, don't, we know none of us will avoid suffering and trials. They're an inevitable part of life. But we, well, sometimes we bring those trials and suffering upon ourselves because of the wrong choice that we make, because of not taking care of ourselves physically. Because, you know, discipline has, you know, you know keeping yourself in shape has godly value. And God wants us to be healthy. You know, we want, he wants a congregation that is healthy so that we can do the work of the kingdom. And so let's just keep that in our hearts as we look ahead to this coming year, that this is a year that God really wants to impress upon us the importance of being patient and endure when we're facing struggles and trials because they will come. But don't give up. 
Keep your eyes on Yeshua. And find comfort in His Word. Find comfort by being in His presence. Learn to be still and know that He is God. Amen? So, Father, thank you, God, for this time that we can come together. Lord, we know that as this new year approaches, Father, there is always expectation of what is to come. But, Lord, we don't, we do not have to fear because we do have an anchor for our faith that is sure and steadfast. Lord, that we are part of this immovable rock. Lord, that we will not be shaken. Lord, as the mountains are around Jerusalem, so you are around your people for both now and forevermore. So we can have total, complete confidence, Lord God, that regards what's happened in the world around us, that we can find peace in the midst of, of the storms that are raging around us, because, Lord, as long as we keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord, that we will not, we will not fail, Father. That you'll keep our faith strong and vibrant, as we look ahead to this coming year, whatever this will, whatever happens this coming year, Father, we just trust that you are the one that's in control. You'll lead us, you'll guide us, you'll direct us. You'll show us the way. Lord, teach us to, to be still and know that you're God. Teach us to, to be in your presence daily. And to hear from your word and to pray and to seek your face. And so, Lord God, may that be a challenge for each one of us, we pray. In Yeshua's name, amen. 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 So let's just stand together and um, appreciate Michael and Linda kind of stepping in at the last minute to lead the worship. <laughs> Keep Alyssa in prayer. She, one of her children is sick, and uh, that's why she couldn't lead us to worship today. So Michael and Linda stepped in. It's good to have so many faithful servants that you can call upon in time of need and, uh, and know that people are faithful. They're willing to step in. And uh, we are here to bear one of his burdens. Amen. So let's just really enter into time of worship as we conclude our time together. And let's really be encouraged, you know, that we are overcomers. We're more than conquerors. We don't have to be discouraged, even if you're battling things in your life. You know, God's using it for your good. He's causing it to work together for your good. Amen. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Find the Savior. Find Yeshua HaMashiach. Find the truth on Solace Radio.